0: It's time once again for another chapter of The Rich Heart Show, broadcasting live around the world from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, please welcome your host, international business dynamics coach, real estate broker, and wealth finance and people consultant, Rich Hart. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of The Rich Heart Show. Hey, today with me, I have a very special dear friend. An individual itself that I've known for many, many years. His name is Ken Futch. And Ken, already right, has faced some very difficult situations in his life. He has had a mule step on his head. He has been attacked by a crazed sow. Had he, he had his nose flattened by a fisherman's boat paddle while water skiing. I don't know how fishing and water skiing comes in. Well, I guess we'll talk about that. And actually he shot himself in the head with his own gun, accidentally. And the best part of this is, I want to quote, it is it all true. All right. <laughs> he said he took the shot through his head just to open his mind. Folks, please help me welcome Mr. Ken Futch. Ken, thank you. thank you. Welcome to the program.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: <laughs> Today to Ken be will, with anywhere, really. <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> hey Ken, we're gonna be talking about how life experiences define one story as, as communication and in the communication business professionals world. all right? And how these life experiences are so crucial to the success of our business today. So, Ken, uh, you have a very special story. Absolutely. And so you, can you just give our audience just a little bit about your story? Tell us about what this whole idea of and, and this whole individual of Ken Futch is.
1: Well, it was a Saturday afternoon. My <laughs> wife and I had just moved into our new home here in Atlanta. And I was seated on the bed talking to her. And for no real reason, I reached over and picked up a little Saturday night Special which I kept on the nightstand for protection in case some varmint were to break in my home. As I picked the pistol up, and picked it up with a barrel with it pointed directly towards my face. As I did, my wife said, are you sure the safety's on that gun? As she said that, I turned to look towards her. And when I did, I heard the gun go off. Well, it didn't feel a thing, but since it was pointed directly towards my face, I thought I might be in some trouble. <laughs> I'd heard of people catching their arms and saws and cutting them off and not even knowing it from shock. So I jumped up, ran to the mirror looked in, see what I'd done. And what I did, I saw this hole in my face right here, which tended to upset me. <laughs> but when I saw another hole in my temple on the other side, I knew it was dead. So I just stood there waiting to die, wondering if everyone felt that way right before we died. I'd always heard that your life flashes in front of you right before you die. Now, I was sort of looking forward to that because a couple things I like to catch again. (laughs) What a blood began to flow out of my nose, out of my mouth, like somebody had turned on a water faucet. I thought, well, if I don't die from the blast, surely I'm going to bleed to death. I knew I couldn't put a tourniquet around my neck. So to my wife, I said, call an ambulance. I'm hurt bad. She was screaming, but she wasn't able to call an ambulance. I sat down on the bed to pray. I knew I didn't have time for a long prayer, but I knew I needed to pray. I asked the Lord to be with me. I was in a bind. Well, at this point, I jumped up and ran to the bathroom to look in another mirror. Try to get things from a new perspective. <laughs> oh my God. Things are not changed. My wife came in, gave me a towel, and wrapped it around my head, and I could think, well, I just bought this new house. If I don't die, there's no need to ruin it. I-, I may as well go out and bleed in the yard. So I ran down the stairs, sat down in the driveway. Then I remembered that I, I didn't have my Blue Cross Blue Shield card, so I ran back upstairs to get it, ran back down and set back down the driveway. Then I heard a siren. I, I thought it was an ambulance, but it was the deputy sheriff. I thought, Oh my gracious, for Daddy, it might get my wife a murder, or it might write me up for suicide, and my mother wouldn't like that. So I took the deputy upstairs, gave him the pistol, told him the story, ran back down and sat back down in the driveway. Then so I got to thinking, this running up and down the stairs, bleeding like this, probably isn't very wise. <laughs> Well, finally, the ambulance arrived, and they put me inside, and they started an IV in my hand. I felt a little better, and at least had something flowing in as well as flowing out. The only thing I could thank God was get me to the hospital, put me to sleep, go to work on me, fix me up, let me wake up in a room with flowers and candy and gas. <laughs> well, I get to the first hospital, and back up to the platform, and open the doors. This looks at me, oh, we can't handle him. He so said, we don't have a neurosurgeon. So I said, well, take him in anyway. I thought, my God, to go argue about it finally rolled me aside and everybody came up to me how'd you do it well it's humiliating to shoot yourself in the head <laughs> you don't want to tell just everybody nope finally get me aside my doctor looked at me oh we can not handle him here take him down to Atlanta West and have him alert a neurosurgeon so they package you back up Where I go I get to the next hospital and take me aside very sanitary there They gave me a little cup to spit in huh. there's a servant they take you down to the x-ray room I said that makes sense so roll me in and said, oh, hold your head this way, this way, this way, this way. Now, sir, if you step over here, we'd like to get a chest x-ray. I said, look, I, I'll do anything you folks ask. I said, but my chest is fine. This is my head. What's <laughs> in a bind, they said, sir, is our standard procedure? We get a chest x-ray of everyone that comes in. Fine. Stepped up. Chest x-ray. Crawl back up on the table to roll me back in the emergency room. Dr. came and looked at me and said, have you had a? Tetanus shot recently. I said, no, he gives me a tetanus shot, and he leaves. Then they bring the x-rays back in to hang them on the wall. Everybody's just walking by, and nobody's looking at him. I'm stopping excuse me, can you know, read these things? Well, they just ignored me. Finally, the doctor reappeared, looked at the x-rays, turned to the nurse, said, cancel the neurosurgeon and get an eye ear nose specialist and take him to the room. Well, I like that about canceling the neurosurgeon but I was still very apprehensive as to what this area no specialist was are going to do to me in this room. Sort of rolled me out, put me in this elevator, take me up this floor, take me in this room, put me in this bed. It looked like a regular patient room to me. In came this woman dressed in white. Had this little pad. I thought she was a nurse. When was the last time you were in a hospital anywhere? where? <laughs> I said, well, when I was 13 in the Pender Memorial. Spell that, please. T e n d e r. Go ahead. I refused to spell memorial. I felt like she worked in the hospital. She won't be able to spell it. What type of pain are you experiencing? I thought about it really. Still hadn't heard. I said soreness. What? Soreness. S-O-R-E-N-E-S-S. She looked at me, looked at the pad, looked at me back at the pad. I thought your name was Fudge. Oh my God. <laughs> you sleep with one pillow? You sleep with two. I sleep with two. You take a tub bath, you take a shower. I take a shower. You have any problem sleeping at night? I didn't last night. I don't know about tonight. You have any problem hearing? I didn't. Before that gun went off, I said my ears are ringing like everything now. Well, at that point, I refused to answer any more questions. When well, a doctor finally arrived the next afternoon, he came in and said, "Mr. You're a very fortunate individual. It appears that the bullet has fast passed through your sinus cavities, through your nose, underneath your eyes, bypassing your optical nerve, your facial nerve, your brain, and out through the side of your head, sort of through a hollow space." which my wife has never let me live down i said doc went on a ruin don't i need some kind of plastic search oh no we found that a bullet wound's a very sterile injury all we normally do is to take a rod and go through and clean out the debris i said not through my head you're not he said no we won't do it through your head i said no we can't go back to work oh she, you can go back to work tomorrow i said, no way I'm just as weak as I can be. <laughs> he said, Just trauma, nothing wrong with you. So, nurse, take that gauze off and put in two band aids on. So, when no more medication, one tetanus shot, and two band aids, I was on my way. Well, the Journal of Constitution found out about it. They sent a report out, did a big story on me. Then, Associated Press picks it up, and take it nationwide. Even everybody's favorite magazine found out about it. Star Magazine. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're familiar with them. See in the grocery stores such wonderful articles as woman has alien baby. They call me Mr. Futch, we like to do a story on you. I said, All right. I said, you got a copy of the x-ray? I said, A copy of the x-ray? What would you want with a copy of the x ray? Go put it in the paper. That's it'd be sort of difficult to read, wouldn't it? He said, put it in the paper. I said, fine. He came out to the house, do you have the x ray? Here's the x-ray. He said, Where did the bullet go through? I knew he couldn't read it. I said, It went in here, came out here. <laughs> he turned to my wife, said, Do you have any cardboard or construction paper? She gives him a sheet and takes some scissors, trim off a narrow strip, takes the x ray, turns it over, and tapes this strip to the back of the x ray. Well, there was a darnest looking hole through my head you've ever seen. <laughs> so the next month in Star Magazine, where Farrah Fawcett and Charlie's Angels on one page, there I was on the next, Big Captain said, Man shoots himself through the head and lives. But I thought the whole article was put in the proper perspective. But another story down at the bottom, of the same page of mine, which read, Hen lays eggs that are blue. <laughs> they had me and all the other freaks on the same page. My friends at the time said, Ken, what you need to do is to go on That's incredible. I said, no way. They'd want me to do it again. I can assure you one thing. All of the humor was in retrospect. There was nothing at all amusing at the time. But it did make me stop and reassess some things in my life. Yeah. I had previously thought about my surviving the jungles of Southeast Asia in returning to the land we call the world, that I would live an average number of years. What I found out, there's no such thing as an average number of years. None of us have any idea as to how much time we have left. And the greatest impact it had on me is how I spend my time and my relationship with others. When my son was about seven years old, he came downstairs on Halloween night. He said, Daddy, come upstairs to help me carve a pumpkin. i said, Son, I love too, but I don't have a time. I've got to finish this report. As he walked away, I said to myself, if this were the last chance I ever had to carve a pumpkin with my son, mm. would I do it? I said, hold on a second there, Kenny. I think I can help you carve that pumpkin. I viewed mm. I as given one more chance to do something else with my life. But if you really think about it, each day we get up, we're all given one more chance. That's Another right. learning point I got was to be a little bit more tolerant of other people make mistakes. I used to laugh at an old girlfriend of mine who cut the end of her nose off, shaving her, in her arm. <laughs> well, they tell me you're supposed to shave down. Well, you learn these things. Just because you do something stupid doesn't make you stupid. There you as go. I look back on that Saturday afternoon, yeah. without a doubt, it was the darkest day of my life. Sure. As I stood looking in, I mean, I knew it was dead. It was like, how do you fall? Right. But as I stood there, I was completely engulfed with two emotions. First was Fear. I think it's the fear of dying, fear of the unknown. It then had another equally strong emotion, and that was one of complete humiliation. I mean, what a stupid way to die. (laughs) (laughs) But what started as a tragedy ended as a destiny. Because in the profession you or I are in, one of the things needed is to differentiate yourself from your competition. Now, I'm not saying you got to shoot yourself in the head. And I'm not going to do that, Kenny. All right, so but let's it, just get that clear. But it works for me. It did work for you. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. You are listening to Ken Futch. Ken Futch and Ken Futch Associates. Ken at Ken Futch. That's K E N F U T C H dot com. You can reach Ken at seven seven zero nine three nine sixty two hundred or reach Canada's his website is www. Believe it or not, KenFutch.com. Ken, Ken, <laughs> Ken we've known each other for for a long time out here. And your story, I've known your story um this it's as we were going through this uh, folks in the studio and everything else we were laughing please (laughs) excuse us we were laughing about it but um because of the fact itself this is our life and the stories themselves in our life changes who we are the experience and the people who we become the power of your personal story and the impact that not only it's made on your life but other people themselves that you speak to let's talk about that
1: well, first off, I would say uh, it took me a few years to realize it. But as I began to reflect back, I realized that it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Why? I mean, it I mean, that that sounds bizarre. bizarre. It? Yeah, it sounds, yeah. Because of the power of a story. Right. People do not forget powerful stories. Right. And, and so I began to see just how impactful they can be and and use it in, in many different ways uh, to make different learning points. Right. It changes sometimes when people hear a story. It allows the person to have a different perception of something maybe they've been in all the past. Uh, all right. For instance, uh, when I first started telling stories, you might imagine a lot of people: say, "This is not right. This is not real." But the people who immediately knew that my story tr- was true yeah. were doctors and nurses and people who worked in hospitals because they thought, "Yeah, that, that's what we would have done." <laughs> they never had thought about the impact. It has on the patient. Right. I mean, they knew I was okay, but I kept thinking I was going to be dying at any moment. Sure. Yeah. And I was not worried about tetanus shots and chest x-rays. Sure.
0: But how about the audience? Let's, let's talk about the audience. So the audience hears your story. Mother first time, second time, third time. Let's just say for the first time. Okay. And then he hears, what's the reaction that you're hearing from your story? What, are, what is the, the message? All right. Hopefully, those individuals are not going to go home and shoot themselves, without no, a doubt. Okay. very few. <laughs> <done it. Yeah. laughs> that's, that's a good thing to follow <laughs> yeah. up with. But what is the message? What are
1: the things themselves that you, you want to leave with your audience? Well, it, again, it would be the purpose of the speech itself right. could change how I set the story up and conclude it. But several points. One is that it makes people take another look at their priorities. Are they doing what they really want to do? Right. Are they emphasizing what's important to them? And then how are they treating the people who are the closest to them? the people they care about most Yeah, right, exactly. is their life following in that pursuit.
0: Sure. We often say in our world, selfness communication world, we talk about story, content, humor, entertainment, but story has a definite impact. Story brings uh, what we do as communicators to life, mm-hmm. all right? And certainly now the impact that you've made through the inspiration, you talk through inspiration, you talk through motivation, all right? But right. I often say inspiration mm-hmm. is an experience. You mm-hmm. definitely experienced, all right, this whole concept of shooting yourself in the head, not, but you taking this from a lifelong perspective. Right. And the lifelong you know, perspective out of the story the impact of your life. Um, what are the other impacts themselves that have really changed from... Not only for what I'm seeing out here, all right, mm-hmm. because the rest of your body is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It may not look fine, but <laughs> it is. But I see, what looking, looking out here, all right, you had a, a problem with a crazed sow. Uh, a mule had stepped on your head, mm-hmm. too, as well. That's so, yeah, a child. So everything, I guess, from shoulders and above has been affected. Mm-hmm. Matt. <laughs> what, I mean, from the impact on this, what has it done for you on your personal story? What have you learned out of there?
1: Well, I remember... Since my background was in sales, there's an old saying that if you can't fix something, feature it. (laughs) Go with what you've got, with your own story. Even if it's some failures, some negativity about it, it's not what happens to us in life. It's how we handle it. Mm. And I, I guess I really learned how you can take just about any situation and find a positive perspective. Find a way to add value to either your life or someone else's. Right.
0: Exactly. Uh, you We talk as communicators and consultants out here, all right, because we're reaching a business audience. Right. And everybody has a, a way of communicating with individuals uh, through influence, impact, um, memorable, making a memorable message out there. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, your personal life story, I'm not telling everybody to go out and do. No. Okay? <laughs> Definitely not, all righty. But um, – how has this really changed the direction of your communication, your, your business?
1: Well, I, over the years, it has evolved t- to understanding more about the story itself, right. the importance of a story. And I have seen corporate America change in how they view hearing a story. People used to see it as strictly entertainment, but people today see it as much more powerful It allows an audience to see things from a different perspective. It pulls them in. There's an old saying to capture the heart. You must first attract the brain. And it's very few things that will attract the attention of an audience faster than telling the story. Right, right. And one of the things I've seen so much more of today is this recognition of how stories have been used throughout history to do this. The greatest influence of of ever understood and utilized the power of stories. They knew that for someone to remember a message, it was best done through the use of a story. For a truth to have lasting impact, it must be remembered, and it needs to be shared. Stories are what people share. And so I see more and more thought leaders seeing this value mm. and look for ways to work it in to their message.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that from a delivery technique, uh, the type of engagement already. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of us, when we speak through motivation or inspiration already and we're conveying a message and conveying a story, right. somewhere some along, along the lines we've experienced some sort of failure. Right, Alrighty. And and I believe that's where we learn. We've talked about that many times. Mm-hmm. All right, through the failures uh, that we've really clinched on all right to some motivation point, a motivating point. All right, so others can learn. Right. How does failures work? Well,
1: when I'm working with someone on developing their own stories, I really encourage people to take a deep look at their life and, and reflect on some of the failures they've had. One of the pitfalls of an executive or a speaker getting in front of an audience many times is they will lead with their success stories. Right. Sometimes it's done to, in their minds, to give themselves more credibility with the audience. Mm-hmm. But what happens if a person does that, it can build a barrier between the person and the audience. you got people sitting there thinking, well, so what? <laughs> Maybe not your story. <laughs> and, and so they can't identify with someone who's been great. will give you an example. One of my favorite all-time stories, being from North Carolina, was the fact that Michael Jordan, the story of him that we all love best, was the fact that he was kicked off his basketball team his sophomore year for not having enough talent. More people can identify with being told that they aren't good enough than ever can identify with being named athlete of the century. Uh, Everyone usually identifies more with our failures than with our successes. So it is so important, no matter what our message, is to convey that you're authentic. Show some vulnerabilities. Don't act like that you're perfect in life. People... Push back on that. Right. And by telling failure stories, it's the fastest way I know to drop some of those barriers. You see, when I start a program, when I tell my story, I no longer can intimidate anyone in the room. That (laughs) idiot shot himself. So immediately, everyone's at ease.
0: Sure. Exactly. Extremely. Or or hopefully to try try to find something in their world, in their life. Right. right, That could uh, perhaps match what you've done. All right. in, in some ways or another. Yeah, we also talk about not only we're failures, we also talk about vulnerability. Right, you know, and there are a tremendous amount of communicators and presenters that are out here today that are really not unleashing their level of vulnerability. Uh, they're not releasing that level, that barrier. There's a, there's a strong barrier between them and their audience. Right, all right. What can we say to those individuals, especially we have new and in, new individuals in communicating? We have some of our senior folks, uh, individuals themselves. You and I, we've been out this right. doing it forever. All right, so we know where and how to break down an audience. Right. All right, so we're going to be capturing the hearts, ears, and minds, and great, you know, grabbing the attention. All right, but what about what can we say to yourself about vulnerability uh, from well, that standpoint?
1: Well, I think more than anything else is that we all have a certain degree of failures in our life, mm-hmm. and if you've never mentioned that you have ever had any problems or failures in your life, people begin to think. What else would he lie about? Mm. Because everyone knows your life has not been perfect. Very good point, well taken. So so (laughs) the faster you get to it, the more we, we just want people not saying, so what we want the audience to be saying, me too. Right. I've had that. And when you can show how things, problems that you've had can be overcome. I've heard in so many situations I've had people come up and talk about the fact, well, after you said uh, it made me think, um, When I've, at first I, I thought maybe I was not right in this job because I look around everybody else is so much better. But to see you talk about some of your failures in doing this, it gives me hope that I can overcome some of the same problems. Right, exactly. People love to know that some of the people they admire have had problems. Right, exactly. And it resonates. And I just think when a speaker fails to do this, he or she is missing a great opportunity. Right, and I,
0: Kenny, it's funny because I had to learn that the very hard way. One of my mentors themselves, told me from years and years ago, a uh, very dear and close friend of ours, mm-hmm. and he had said, um, "Rich, I know you, but I don't know who you are." You know, and that, and that, really was a turning point. Uh, many, many years ago, it was a turning point out there, to saying, "Ah, you know, I understand now this level of vulnerability." Now it took me a while, right, all right, to get out of the box. Mm-hmm. All right, but that that is one of the most probably most important points for today's communicators, are right, to really get down there on that level, all right, to really of to being honest, genuine, authentic, and real. You mm-hmm. know, even though those all those words they sound the same, they they, you know, they all have different meanings if you really look into them. Right. But you're really looking down to it you now. From the story we talked, story is really your story is very compelling. Okay, but I found myself laughing. Okay, please excuse that. Now, but I, but that's probably like I mind. <laughs> <laughs> but how important all right, is humor inside that story?
1: Well, there's an old saying in the speaking business, do you have to be funny in order to be a professional speaker? Right. And we like to say no, uh, only if you want to get paid. <laughs> exactly. But that's And that's not, funny. You know, <laughs> but but that's, I don't really think that's true. But one does need to be entertaining. Right. And for most people, that's probably the easiest way it is to entertain. Hmm. So I do think as a person is putting their story together to look for entertainment value. And, and some of the places, what are the stories that when you go to Thanksgiving or when your family get together, when they say, tell them about the time you did this. Right. I mean, that's how my story took. Ken, tell them when you shot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how stories evolve. And even though... I have added nothing to it. In fact, I took out a lot. It used to be like a 25-minute story. Right. But I have no qualms against people adding things to a story. This is saying that when you're telling a story, it's something that happened exactly that way or mostly that way, or it could have happened that way. So it doesn't necessarily have to be accurate, every right. little thing, in sure. order to convey a truth. The truth right. is what we're seeking to convey, not the actual truth. Everything in the story. Sure. So if people want to add a little other things to give it more entertainment right. value, that's perfectly acceptable. Well, here's the
0: thing: is we we talked about story, content, humor, and entertainment. Mm-hmm. The four quadrants all right, that a communicator speaker should have in their belt. Right. Okay. Without a doubt, we've talked about story. We've talked about humor. Mm-hmm. The content. Mm-hmm. All right. How how driven should be the content? All right. You're, in your world, motivational, inspirational. All right. From right. that speaking side, and really creating a message out there. Already. Um, how do the individuals themselves, as we're reaching out to these types of folks already, um, where's the big difference? Where is, what, what, how do we change the, the dynamics of this to the point of, as we're motivating, inspiring, how, how do we bring that content and the last
1: element of entertainment? Well, the key point, I believe, in a story, in a speech, in a message, is it needs to be relevant hmm. to the audience for their world so if you've got a story and it's a great story but it doesn't yet make a point that you think is relevant to a particular audience then hold off and and work on it and get input from other people how can i make this story more relevant right because that is the key people do people do not like it if you tell any kind of story and they wonder why did he tell that Right. You need to be able to answer that question, and I know we're running out of time. But let me also say this: if the taste of a pudding is in the taste, if the test rather of a pudding is in the taste, then the test of a story is in the telling. Telling, right? Exactly. And that's where a lot of people could use some help and some ideas in order to master it, where to make their message memorable.
0: Sure they dying to get to the punchline before they're actually <laughs> bringing out the content.
1: And stores okay. don't have to have punchlines.
0: No, it, not at all, not at all, not at okay. all. In your world, Ken, let's talk about your people, okay. your market, all right? Mm-hmm. Generations are changing, right? right? You, we just talked about reaching those individuals with that flavorful taste of pudding, right. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, where generations are changing. All right, we have the silent senior generations. You have baby boomers. You have now the new group of millennials have now now taken over all right? mm-hmm. their way of reaching and developing content and resources and, and hearing yeah. news and information. is totally
1: different. Who is your audience? Well, my audience today is the younger people who are seeking to be better communicators. Good. Things in the past of our generation, everybody it was all about facts. You know, just bottom line, what does it mean? People today are realizing things are more complex. Right. And to convey a more difficult message, a more complex message, stories can often do that better than anything else. Right. And so they are becoming aware of how powerful putting their message in a story is. Yeah, right. It makes the any message more powerful, more impactful, and more memorable. Just
0: Love it. Love it. Hey, today we're with Ken Futch, Ken Futch & Associates, Ken at Ken Futch, that's dot com. You can reach Ken and the associates themselves at 770-939-6200 or reach out to Ken by web out there as KenFutch.com. Ken, we're just about out of time, all right? Let's talk in just a brief moment about your book. All right, Take Your Best Shot. All right, we know where this book came from. <laughs> Without, what was the additional pieces that really inspired you besides shooting yourself in the head, okay, and living to tell the story? All right, and this is basically what it is. What? Tell me the premise
1: of Take Your Best Shot. It's how to turn situations into opportunities. There you go. I think the one common denominator most people have given me back after they've read my book is said. It's impossible to read your book and not look at your own life and some of the opportunities you either took advantage of or you failed to. Right. And this is how to recognize some of those opportunities. And obviously, there might be a few stories in the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Obvious, obviously. And of course, we got this on a CD as well.
1: Yeah, your audio, amazing. that would me reading it. People say, why would you need both? Well, for this <laughs> way, you get the impact, the inflections, <laughs> the energy on what's important. Without and doubt. then I got one more DVD here called The Secrets of Influence. Love it. This is giving examples of some of the techniques that one can utilize in order to have your message better resonate with
0: your audiences. Love it, love it. Ken, as we finish up, one last comment, one last piece that you'd like to leave our listeners today.
1: I would let, I would like for people to become aware of that I help people not just in my keynotes and in, in speaking right. at those audiences, but also help coach executives and other professional speakers Good. in how to develop their message to make it better in the form of a story. How to hone that to get across the message they seek to convey right. with their audiences.
0: Super, super. Hey, folks, uh, we're with Ken Futch today. Ken, thank you very much well, for coming pleasure. on the show. Uh, we've had a great time here. And, uh, hey, we look forward to seeing you. Just give one more time out there. Ken Futch, Ken Futch & Associates, Ken at KenFutch.com. Can Ken be reached at 770-939-6200 and also at KenFutch.com. Ken, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, you right, my friend. And thank you very much. We appreciate Certainly. it. Certainly. Have a great day. You too. Thank you again for joining us and our guests on The Rich Heart Show. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of The Rich Heart Show, brought to you in part by Rich Heart Global Incorporated and the EvaluCore Institute. For more information and to connect with the show host and sponsors, visit richheart.com or email us at rich at richheart.com.